Us in a basement to record. Precious Root doing a podcast where little Gollum gets locked away. Welcome to Root's Chicha Cadillac with your host, Ruhalwala. Alright, now back in there. <laughs> We are here today with two absolute improv icons from Improv Theatre Sydney. We have Hayden Wright. Hello. And Shane Porter. Hello. How we feeling, gang? Yeah, good. I'm so excited to improvise. <laughs> this is going to be a great time. Great. Shall we jump into a little bit of prob? Let's do it. Sounds good. Gollum, can we have a word of suggestion, please? Your word is precious. And I didn't break the fridge. Okay, that's that's not me. Great, and it, it wasn't it wasn't me either. Well, it wasn't me. Great, three I, housemates. No one broke the fridge, but the fridge is broken. Yeah, and the floor is wet as, and all the food's gone off. Yep. Not to mention that the bins haven't been taken out, mm. and the dishes in the sink as well. Have you looked at the bathroom? Oh, roaches everywhere. Awful. It's disgusting. Yeah. Might I add that we're all desperately single. So there's definitely not been anyone else in the space. No. One day I'd like it to be ready enough to bring someone home. Yeah, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, we all dream of that. Yeah. You think we're not all working on ourselves day by day in order to go out into the world and, and try and coax someone, anyone back into this place? Yeah. I trust that you're thinking of that, okay? I'm just saying, look, maybe none of us do chores. And maybe we can admit to that. Whoa, 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 Now you're throwing me under the bus. I'm just saying <laughs> that it, that sounds like the kind of uh, the kind of thing that someone who maybe uh, unplugged the fridge to plug in, say, a PlayStation Two and run a blue cable uh, all the way from the internet Wi-Fi port in the living room through to their bedroom might say. Maybe if someone didn't take all the extension cords, it could, the cable could reach. I think I see what's going on here. Yeah, I think so too. I think we might be bad guys. We're the worst. We need a mum. I'm (laughs) full. We need a (laughs) mum. So (laughs) terrible. Let's have a little chit chat, shall we? So in the making of this pod, we have discovered such a huge crossover between improv and D&D. And I know mm. both of you are big fans of the D&D world. Hayden, you even host your own role-playing workshops. Yeah. Tell me, what's D&D all about, Hayden? So essentially any role-playing game, the, the very basic, basic, basic loop is you have usually some sort of facilitator. In Dungeons & Dragons, it's called the Dungeon Master. In most other games, it's called the Games Master. Uh, in Brindlewood Bay, you are the keeper. That person is there to sort of facilitate a role-playing experience. So they describe the sort of stakes, like where you are, what other characters might be around, some other like maybe interesting milestones or touch points that you can interact with. 
Um, and then they pass it over to the players and the players describe how they would like to interact with that world. Uh-huh. So it might be like, I want to go and talk to this person or I want to investigate this book or I've got evidence and I'd like to, you know, confront a character or, or find them and, and uh, show them this evidence to suggest that they might be the victim of or perhaps the perpetrator of a murder. Um, and then the final loop is the players and the, the sort of keeper or the games master uh, negotiating usually with like dice rolls or coin flips or some sort of chaos engine like that, um, the result of that. So oftentimes like you'll see people roll 20-sided dice in Dungeons and Dragons. A high number means that you might succeed on something or you're more likely to succeed. And a low number is like, no, you fail miserably. So the dice uh, add some sort of like flavor Ooh, to it. Okay, yeah. so it's almost like cross between board game improv storytelling yeah adventure adventure Ooh, okay i love that um, when i grew up playing it in north queensland it was really difficult to get your hands on the physical books and so i was going around my university campus asking do you have this resource book do you have the player's handbook <laughs> who has the dungeon master's guide whose monster manual can i borrow um and now that it's all digital and like you can get an app for it and stuff i feel like it's so much easier to play now so it is getting a bit more much more popular than it was and what about you shane what's your snapshot on dnd i feel like i wasn't exposed to it as much from like a younger age i knew it was around but like i didn't know anyone that like played it and so yeah i only really got into it like during lockdown we learned we could like play online over zoom and yeah kind of grew from there what's your favorite role-playing game i'm obsessed with one that is coming back to its we, i've got a show coming up called mavens which is an actual play live role-playing game show where we're going to play the game in front of people and a system called brindlewood bay which is <gasps> oh if you... i think i saw it did you do it yes the trial yep. show was last year at the festival it's <laughs> dungeons and dragons but just scoop out all of the swords and shields and magic and stuff like that and then stuff back in like cozy murder mysteries, like murder she wrote. Oh, I love that. I'm so excited. Shane, for someone who's looking to join the D&D community or find a campaign that they can do, what would mm. you recommend? There's a couple like simple sort of like D&D light games that maybe you can do in like three or four hours. Honey Heist is one of them where you play a gang of bears stealing some special honey (laughs) and you roll dice to work out like what type of bear you are and also what cool hat you're wearing. (gasps) Yeah, that's like, I feel like a cool entryway because I think it's easy to plan. You have like a small campaign. There's like, you got to steal the honey from this place and you've got like a map. So it's just like whatever you encounter along the way you play with. Because I think if you go and get Dungeons and Dragons, it's like three massive textbooks. Oh, it right. It feels like you have to do a bunch of homework before you arrive. Yeah. And there, are, there are games like Shane's described that are just like so easy. They're often like one A4 sheet. Just uh-huh. pass them around and then like, great, off we go. Okay, because so that's a lot of commitment otherwise. So yeah. <laughs> to get to the end and be like, I don't think I want to play this game. <laughs> Absolutely. Bless. Yeah. <laughs> And what sort of difficulties might you come across when you're trying to set up a game? Uh, getting multiple adults into the same room at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Just life. Um, if people haven't played it before, like it, it, the improv communities, everyone's really playful and like willing to go along with things and play out scenarios. Mm. But like people that maybe haven't done that before or haven't role played before, it's maybe a different way of thinking through the lens of a character yeah. of like, Hey, what would this person do and give you a, a, a chance to like play out a different 
uh, play in a different life. Gorgeous. So can you share with me your favorite role-playing memory? Hayden? It was a public holiday where I invited a bunch of friends around who I hadn't really all known that well. Um, and I'd met them in like different gaming groups and stuff like that. And very quickly you get a vibe for what kind of group you like to be a part of. There are people who like to play by the book and do a lot of maths. There are people who <laughs> love to do like, like big maps and like cartography type stuff and Ooh. move miniatures around. Like they want to be very physical and, and like touch things and stuff like that. And then what we did, which was on Zoom, just like full theater of the mind, like, yeah, my character does this. Does that work? Like, that kind of <laughs> I had glued together a group of people who were not on the same page. And I ran this campaign <laughs> that involved a bunch of like uh, sailors diving down to like collect some like mermaid treasure or something like that that was based on a wild rumor that was in a different part of the story. It was a one shot. So it was only going to happen on this day. Someone, uh, they, they all dived in the water. They went to go and f find the mermaids. And shock horror, the mermaids had been afflicted by some sort of like plague and they were angry. So uh, <laughs> there was a fight that happened. One character wanted to stay and fight and the rest of them bailed back to the ship to find <laughs> a different solution. And the, the character that, that stayed, the, the player of that character got so upset, he stood up his, so fast his chair fell back and then stormed out of my real life house. <laughs> so upset that everyone else in the world was like going to bail on his character at the bottom of the ocean. So then after that, I realized, <laughs> oh, good, great. You've got to get a, a crew of people who all know each other and they want to have fun together in order to play a role play game. So yes. Even in role playing, there is heartbreak. <laughs> it's too real. It's fictional fantasy that is too real emotionally. Really see what people are about. Absolutely. <laughs> I was trying to work through my feelings about betrayal. <laughs> This is a message from your mum and dad. They don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Especially them. <laughs> and what about you, Shane? What's your favourite memory? I remember there was one time during the campaign we did during lockdown yeah. where we had to try find some some kid in a crowd. So Shane was playing this wizard character and he yeah. had one of his um, spells was sleep. And the way that oh, the yeah. sleep spell works is that you roll. Do you want you can do the story? No, I, I, you probably remember it better than me. I, yeah. Shane, Shane was playing this wizard character who had uh, like a list of spells on his sheet and they had to find a kid in a crowd and the kid was like uh, important to the mission in some way. Uh, and ideally <laughs> that is like a non-violent situation, like a big crowd. <laughs> and Shane, true to his character, uh, was like, I can solve this in a way that is like, you know, non-confrontational and non-violent. Um, he cast Sleep, which is in the rules of Dungeons and Dragons. You roll a certain amount of dice, and then for the total number, you can, starting from a central Spreads, point, right? yeah. yeah, you go out and then however many points you've got is how many health points that the court requires to like put people to sleep. So that in a widening circle around him, like waves, people would just fall unconscious asleep on the ground. <laughs> be like, this is a fine way. I'm just going to knock all of these people out to try and find someone. No one hurt themselves. No one hurt themselves and it was <laughs> successful. You rolled super well. I think I rolled really highly for it, which was the surprising thing. Yeah. So it cast a wide circle of sleep <laughs> yeah. through this whole street and just put the oh, whole crowd. Oh, so it was crowd. a siesta. <laughs> it was a siesta. Yay, what a treat. It could have ended differently. Like I could have rolled a one and then 
put myself to sleep and then <laughs> the kid gets away and yeah. I'm like, got to find a new solution. Exactly right. And then the story continues. Whether you fail or succeed, that's the beautiful thing of a role-playing game is if you want to keep playing, you just mm. keep playing the consequences of whatever happens. Yeah, yeah, gorgeous. So my final question, is there an improv game that you can teach us now that might be perfect as a first step for someone who's a big role-playing fan? I have one. It's best, worst, most obvious. But if you just Great. swap it out to be like best friend, worst enemy, and then just a fun thing that could exist in the world. So a person steps out, they give like a 10 second, hey, my name is this, my character is sort of this kind of deal. And then <laughs> as you go around the circle, the person on the immediate left does plays that character's best friend. What kind of insight do you have for this character? What thing do you want to bring out in them in a way that's really positive? Um, the person to that person's immediate left becomes their nemesis. What kind of thing do I want to like pinpoint Great if you want to figure out how you might bully this character. <laughs> what's what's a, a trait that maybe they're not used to um, to showing? How am I going to get that out of them? And then finally, the third person along plays kind of a fun choice. So they've seen this character, this character's best friend and their worst enemy. What is something about this world that you can infer? Amazing. Yeah. Let's do an example. Awesome. Okay, so we have an original character, the best friend, worst enemy, and then a fun choice. Let's go. Hi, I'm uh, I'm Chad, and I'm a I'm the local hunter for the woods. I like to find game. It it sounds, as I say it, it sounds a bit predatory, but I'm not like that. <laughs> okay, I'm just just trying to make sure that <laughs> this, is, this is all within the bounds of I'm allowed to hunt. Hunt these deer. I've got a license. Okay, it's it's all okay. I'm allowed to be here. <laughs> best friend. I love this. Hi, my name's Adele, and if you want to take my best friend Chad to court, you're gonna to have to see me. Okay. Look, he has a heavy brow. He breathes a little heavier than the average man, but he is a-okay to be out in the woods hunting for game, okay? He doesn't want things to be tortured. He himself is a tortured man. He goes out in the woods quietly for days on end. And all I want to do is support my best friend. Is that so wrong? Hi, it's me, Beryl. I'm a local park ranger. And um, I can see here on your license, mate, that it expired about six years ago. I am a magical deer from the forest. <laughs> I'm here to teach Chad a valuable lesson about killing innocent Chris. <laughs> Got it. No, dear. Ch Got it. Chad, the lesson, the, the lesson, Chad. Oh, it's not dead yet. <laughs> I can still teach you, Chad. I can still <laughs> Yeah, that's Beautiful. now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome work. Uh, a great example of an exercise that you might play with a group of people or maybe even like just by yourself if you're having difficulty coming up with uh, companion characters or, or villains uh, or just like fun characters to fill out your role-playing world. I love that exercise. One you could also do on your own is writing questions for yourself of like, uh, oh, cool. yeah, setting up questions your characters can answer. Um, and you can make them different each time or maybe use the same ones, but like 
kind of quiz your character on how they think, how they would respond to these questions. Love that. This has been so much fun. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Now let's finish off with a little second beat of improv. Whoa, boys. We cleaned up nice for this wedding. I just want to say, all three of us dapper Dan's over here. You know what? Let's go and get Trev married, huh? <laughs> You're doing it, mate. You're doing what none of us could ever achieve. <laughs> I didn't think I'd, I'd be here right now. You lured her in, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. You pushed all the trash either side of the living room door all the way through to your bedroom, and here we are. True love. Guys, what am I going to do after I get married? I, I can't hide... I can't hide who I am any longer. What, what do you mean? You, the, the thing that, where you invite someone over and say, it's a surprise, here, let me put this blindfold on. I'm going to lead you through to the mysterious second location. It's worked for you up until this point. I don't think you have to change that behavior. It's the most romantic I've ever heard of. Yeah. I, I just, guys, I'm committing to this and I, I can't. I can't keep up this ruse. What I, do you mean? I gotta be a slob. Cut to the honeymoon suite where the bride is getting ready. Oh my god, I don't know what I'm gonna do after this wedding because he's gonna know who I really am. You scrub up nice, babe. Well, all of us are here in the bridal party, we're gonna support the heck out of you. You know that. <sighs> You've earned this, babes. Yeah. Yeah, but. <laughs> The real me is going to come out, this huge slob that just likes to wrestle people in mud and have, like, food on my face all the time. Even when I haven't eaten, it's always there, all the time. You know this. Babe, if he doesn't love you for who you are, he's not the right one. Oh, I'm so stressed out. Exactly. And, hey, you know what you can do? What about when you go on your honeymoon, you just, like, uh, make it an outdoor honeymoon? It, think about it like this. You might have a principle that says, I can't live my full life within four walls. You can go camping, m m go to the beach. Or that place you like, the hog slop place. Like a muddy moon. A muddy moon, exactly. <gasps> a muddy moon. It's so romantic, I love that, yes. Oh, thanks ladies, you always know what to say. Cut to the back of the church where all the church staff are meeting. God, this party stinks a bit, don't they? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm glad, we brought a real waft in. Glad we got all those oh, uh, tin cans out of the way of the aisle before everyone arrived. <laughs> they are not getting their cleaning deposit back. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. We should charge them a stench fine, if anything. A stench fine? Yeah. Can we do that? How much is a stench fine? $5,000. Oh, yeah. That's... I will eat a piece of trash for $5,000. Do you say you'll eat a piece of trash? I'll eat two pieces of trash for $10,000. I'm full. <laughs> <laughs> 